I know everyone in here at some point has had problems. And it just seems like God is kind of banging away on this. Let me tell you what happened to me a few weeks ago. I was, I was praying, and, and a minister prayed for me. And he said, God told me to tell you this. And uh, he said he had a dream. And this dream was for him. But he said that God told him, said, you need to tell Drew this dream. He said, because it's for him, too. And he said, in my dream, he said, I had a sledgehammer. He said, and I was out on a lake, frozen solid. He said, and I was just hammering away at that ice, hammering away at the ice over and over, getting worn out, physically exhausted, kept beating on that ice. And God kept telling him, keep hitting the ice, keep hitting the ice. He said, and after a while, I kept swinging. But I, I changed that. He said, keep swinging, keep swinging, keep swinging. And um, he told me, he said, this is for you tonight. He said, when I hit the ice, when I was so exhausted, I hit that ice. He said, I heard a crack. He said, when I heard the crack, he said, I, I hit it again. He said, I started seeing that ice split. He said, and it opened wide up. He said, what God's telling me tonight to tell you I mean, he was talking to me that night. He said, keep swinging it. He said, keep swinging that sledgehammer. He said, it's about to break through. He said, don't you stop. Keep swinging it. He said, it's about to break through. Hallelujah. I know we have problems. Each and every one of us have problems. And I encourage you tonight, keep swinging. Keep swinging. It's going to break through for you. We've all had trials. We've all had tribulations, problems, and sufferings. The Bible told us that we could expect difficulties right i heard about a man that couldn't get his gun to fire he finally said i'm gonna have to read the troubleshooting section of the manual that's a little deep for some that wasn't the greatest one but i'm i'm gonna keep going anyway the word of god is our manual of where we should go what we should be doing and when problems come our way i love this john 16 and 33 says, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. Now, we could stop right there and enjoy that scripture, right? These things I have spoken to you. This is Jesus. I've spoken these things to you that you may have peace. How many need peace in their life? Amen. And God gives us, he said, in this world, you will have tribulations. You will have trials. You will have problems, Right? But be of good cheer. Cheer up. Get happy. You know why? Because I've overcome this world. <laughs> I've overcome this world. And if you're a believer on Jesus Christ, he's in you. You're in him. Guess what? You can be cheerful tonight. You can have peace because the tribulation of this world is not going to affect you like it, it will someone else. He's overcome the world. Amen? That's not my text, but I just I had to share that today. Jesus spoke these words to us to have peace. He knew we'd have to go through things uh, that we didn't want to go through. How many's ever had to go through something you didn't want to go through? Oh, my word. How many's ever had to go to a restaurant you didn't want to go to? Just to please your wife. Well, I'm glad she's out there tonight. I can just talk and it just works out good for me. Everybody keep your mouth shut. Don't, don't say a word. We go through things in life that we don't want to go through. It's not a natural thing for us to say, hey, I'd like to endure some pain today. 
I tell my boys, you know, I used to watch cartoons all, all the time. I said, I had them te- uh, nine cat lives. I said, I've been spending too many of them on you boys. Leaving stuff my way, make me trip and fall, and this old man fall and hit the ground. I said, I can't keep spending my, my, my nine lives like that. Just teasing with them. We had an old pole, I'm sure I already told you about it. It was a laundry pole, just a tee. You know, we put a, put a laundry line on it. How many of you remember laundry lines? All right? That's what we had, and it was attached to our house. So there was just one pole out in the yard. The boys decided to go sell scrap metal. And they took the pole down and took it with them and never filled in the hole. And along comes dad, unsuspecting, looking at the house. I noticed something on the roof, and so I'm looking, and I'm walking towards the house, and boom, right into the hole. Lucky I didn't break my leg. I say luck. It was God that I didn't break my leg. I went through something there I did not want to go through. It was very avoidable. But my boys, but my boys, there's one up in the sound booth right now. He knows it's the truth. I don't even hear any amens, but he knows he should be. But there's things we go through. But the Lord is telling us here, Jesus is telling us, you can have peace even when you're going through these troubles. He overcame the world, so we've overcome the world too, right? In the Bible, sometimes the word fire represents God and in some, in some form or manner. But the other times, we also know if it represents hell, right? So fire, it, it represents a few different things. Here's my text for tonight. And you can stay seated. It's, it's two verses. First Peter chapter 4 and verse number 12. I'm in the New King James Version. But I want you to see these words. We could go home right now and already be blessed by the, by the word in John 16 and 33. But I want you to hear this. First Peter 4 and 12. It said, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. But though some strange things happening to you. Don't think it's weird or strange if you have to go through something because it's trying you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's suffering. Praise the Lord. That when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I want to preach for just a few moments with the subject, faith in the fire. Faith in the fire. We have to have faith when we're going through the trial, when we're going through the tribulation, the trouble, the problem, the circumstance. I can name a bunch of different words. It doesn't matter. Whatever you're going through, you can have faith in the fire. Amen. Father, I thank you tonight, Lord, for your word. I ask you, Lord, to touch each and every heart tonight, Lord, that we experience you here tonight, Lord. Let us see and let us hear what you have for us tonight. I ask you, Lord, to prepare our hearts, Lord, to receive the seed of the word Uh, here tonight. I ask you, Lord, to let me speak boldly with the power of the Holy Ghost, Lord, backing me up. I thank you, Lord, for the Word of God. I thank you for these people. We love them to death. Father, I ask you, Lord, right now to bless each and every one of them. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hebrews 11 and 1. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. How many's ever had confidence in somebody they were going to do something for you? And maybe it was even a promise they told you, I'm going to do this for you. So you had confidence they were going to do it. And they let you down. 
I'm going to be there at 2 o'clock to fix your cable TV, uh, to put your water heater in, uh, to, to fix your leak in your yard, to put siding on your house. I'm going to be there at this certain time. And then they don't show up. You take off work. You sit at home. You're waiting for them. And they don't show up. When I, was, when I had a construction business, that's what one of my uh, mentors in the, in the construction industry, he told me, he said, if you can't make it on time, he said, if you'll have the courtesy to call the customer, they'll keep using you. He, he said, just treat them with respect. He said, it's maturity to call them and just say, hey, I'm running a few minutes late. Or, hey, I can't make it today. It's raining too hard. Whatever the case may be, well, faith is the substance of things hoped for. I can have confidence in God because his word says I can, but not only because of that, because he's been faithful to me. What he said he would do, he's performed, and I've seen him do it. But you know what? It's not because I have faith. It's not because I see something that he's done. Father, I need a new car. I'm looking out there. I don't see it, but I have faith you're going to give me a new car, right? We need to have faith like that. It's the evidence of the things you can't see. And there's so many times we're saying, we don't want to give praise. We don't want to talk about faith until we see it happen. And then we're going to pray for it. Let me tell you what the devil does to me. I know he doesn't do this to anybody, but just me. When I go to pray for somebody, I have to rebuke the devil. You know why? Because he wants to climb on my shoulder. He says, all right, preacher man, let's see how much faith you have. Let's see if you can heal this person. God gave you the authority. He gave you the power. Let's see if you can heal them. That's the word of God. He says he's given us the authority to heal people. That's not so we can boast. Oh, look at me. I, I healed that person. I healed no. We're being the conduit. We're letting the, the Holy Spirit flow through us as we touch someone and pray for them. That's what it's about. I want to be used by God, not so I can get the glory, but he can get the glory. Hallelujah. My friend, he spoke these words, and they inspired me. And I'll just tell you, he inspired this sermon. He said, if you're in a fiery trial today, be advised. It's your faith that's on trial. We want to think it's something personal against me. They don't like my hair, my clothes, my, my this, my that. The devil just doesn't like, like my jeans tonight or my shoes. The devil just doesn't like me, and I'm going through this fiery trial. No, what he hates is your faith. He knows if he can destroy your faith in God, he's got you exactly where he wants you. I read this, and, and I just love what, what this said. It's your faith that's on trial. Faith is such a key issue in Christian living that folks in the early church were called believers. Isn't that good? Because of their great faith, they were called believers. And we take that word so, uh, I don't know, we, we just kind of throw it around this and that. We're believers, we're believers. Uh, yeah, we're supposed to be. But is our faith matching our title? Lord help us. Well, faith means to trust. This is what Dr. Google told me today. Faith means to trust, to believe, to have confidence or complete trust and confidence 
and someone or something. How many have complete faith that the next tornado that comes through here is not going to turn off your electricity? I don't have that kind of faith. I, I've lost electricity more in just the last two months than I had in probably a couple years. I don't have that kind of faith in our electric people and in the weather and what's going on. Well, I want to tell you our faith is being tested in everything we do. My, 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 my faith was tested in a hospital yesterday. I, I'm just telling you, it was. And it, it, it wasn't with the ones I was praying for. It was with the people at the service desk I was dealing with. I had no faith they knew what they were doing at all. Every turn that we make in life, we're confronted with things that test our faith, that test our trust, that test our confidence and belief in God and his plan and his will. No, yesterday that woman didn't test my faith about God. It tested my faith in her. But every, every chance we turn, what I really see is the devil tried to use that to test my faith. Am I still the old man or am I the new creation? Creation. I'm trying to say two words at the same time. Am I a new creation in Christ or am I the old man that wants to chew her out? Well, I didn't chew her out. I just tell you. I want you to look, and if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Daniel, chapter 3. In the book of Daniel, chapter 3, we see faith on display in front of everyone. Everyone gets to see this faith. If, if you've been in church very long at all, you know what story I'm talking about here. We're talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We're talking about King Nebuchadnezzar. He made a gold statue. How many knew that? He made a gold statue, and, and they say that it was 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide. It had gold, brass, and silver in it. I'm just thinking, how long did that take to construct back in them days? How big a ladder was that? Listen to this. This is in the King James Version, Daniel 3 and 3. Then the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs. How many new sheriffs was in the Bible? And all the rulers of the providence were gathered together unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar, the king, had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So he gathers all these people that he's in charge of over all these different places that he's in charge of, and he brings them to the statue. He says, he, he just wants them to see, look what I built. That's what I, I believe is vanity. Some may not think that way. I think it was vanity. He was pretty impressed with himself. Look at the statue I built. And we're going to worship this statue. That's what he's saying here. The king made a decree to everyone there, right there in that spot for everyone, not only the people there, but they were to take it back to where they were from and tell everybody and all the people, when you hear this music being played... You're to bow down and worship my idol. Well, here's the decree. When they heard the music playing, they were all to bow down and worship the king's statue. And whoever didn't bow down and worship would be thrown into the fiery furnace that day. That, that was the law. He put it out there. This is the law. People begin to notice that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not bowing down. So they tattled on them. They went to the king. They told the king, 
hey, these dudes, these Hebrew boys, they're not doing what you told them to do. They're not following your decree, king. And you said whoever's not following your decree is going to be thrown into a fiery furnace. Well, the Bible says the king was mad. He was furious. So he explains it all to the Hebrew boys. He brings them in. He says, go get them, bring them in. He brings them in in front of him. He didn't want to throw them in the fiery furnace. He wanted to keep his uh, bluff in, I guess, if you want to call that. He gives them another chance. He said, now listen, if you'll bow down when you hear the music, everything's going to be all right. But if you don't bow down, I'm throwing into, into the fiery furnace. I love this part of the Bible. I love this story. I love verse 15 of Daniel 3. It says this, and who is the God? This is Nebuchadnezzar speaking. Who's the God who will deliver you from my hands? Who do you think's going to save you from being a crispy critter? I decreed it. You're going to burn because you won't bow down. I love Daniel 3 and 16. Now, I'm reading from the God's Word translation here. I just, I just, I love this part. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered King Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to answer your last question. We don't even, we don't even want to hear about that. I, we're not even worried about your last question. We're not even going to dance around this subject. We're not even going to be careful about answering you on this matter. They had faith. If our God, whom we honor, can save us from a blazing furnace and from your power, he will. And then they were polite, your majesty. Verse number 18 says, but if he doesn't, you should know, your majesty, we'll never honor your gods or worship the gold statue that you set up. <laughs> That's making a decree right there. That's declarating, uh, making a declaration to the devil. I'm not worshiping anything other than Jehovah. He's my God, and that's the God I'm going to serve. That's the God I'm going to worship. That's the God I'm going to bow down to, and no other one is going to get my adoration. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's faith in action. When you're pressed on every side, when things look grim and you still stand up in faith, it gets God's attention. It does. That is belief that our God can do anything. That is confidence that our God is a delivering God. Sometimes all it takes is for the child of God to display a little bit of faith while you're facing an overwhelming situation. Wow. And say, I'm not bound down to the world's things. Somebody else may be doing it. I'm not going to. The Word of God says it's not right. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to show faith. I don't care what they do to me. That's what I'm going to do. Praise the Lord. I'm not giving in to my sinful nature. I'm not going back on God. I'm not going to entertain thoughts of disobedience to my God. I'm not going to let tough circumstances dictate whether or not I cave in. I'm not going to let the pressure of doing something overwhelm me to the point that I offend my God and cause me to bow to other gods. This is daily. Daily. The enemy will attack you. with Go back to your old life. That song we had, uh, I think it was Sunday night, because I never want to go back to my old life. Consecration. Sanctification. 
We need to constantly be growing in the Lord and getting closer to Him. And when we do that, our faith is growing along with it. So when the temptations come, they're not really temptations. We can say, I don't care what you're going to offer me. I'm not into it anymore. I don't care what you want to say about me. I'm into God right now, and I don't care what you have to say about me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. There's only one God. And the Hebrew boys wasn't bowing down to no golden statue. His name is Yahweh. <laughs> His name is Jehovah. His name is Adonai. His name is I am. <laughs> I am. Hallelujah. It takes great faith to stand when everyone around you is giving in. Wow. I've heard story after story of, of uh, former drug addicts and alcoholics. They get into a situation and everybody's doing it and they feel obligated to do it again. It takes great faith to step back and say, no, I'm not worshiping that idol anymore. I'm not letting that God of the world influence me anymore. Hallelujah. It takes great faith to stand when everyone else is doing it. There are, there are things now that in the past years, it would have never crossed our mind to do in the church world. People are doing things outside of this church and then still claiming to be a Christian and confusing people into thinking, well, if they're doing it. I should be able to do it. Can I give you just a little secret? This will help you the whole life, your whole life. I, I promise it will. I, this is revelation. Filter it through this book. Whatever's going on, whatever they're doing, if you filter it through this book and find out what this book, this book talks about everything. Every kind of word you can imagine is in this book. I'm amazed how I go back and read the Old Testament and I see some words that I would never say out of my own mouth. It's there. God knows. He understands. He knew people needed to read this. He knows what's going on. And if we'll filter everything through the Word of God, it'll protect us from the things that the devil's trying to get us to do. Trip us up. Steal, kill, and destroy. I, I guess I need to just say it in every sermon. I think I do, but John 10, 10, we know the enemy's purpose. When faced with death, the Hebrew boys said, I'll be obedient to God instead of listening to you, King Nebuchadnezzar. I'm not afraid what you can do to this flesh. I'm not afraid what you can do to this body because you can't touch my spirit. You can't touch my soul. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5 and 8, to be absent from the body would mean that I'm present with the Lord. Wow. Wow. Taylor used to always say, don't threaten me with a good time. Going to heaven, that's a good time. Don't, don't threaten me with a good time. I'll take Jesus before I take anything else. I've said it many times. It's not faith when we know the details of how it's going to happen. That's called instructions. It's not called faith. The Hebrew boys were, they exercised their faith when faced with the decision to have faith in God or to bow to faithless thoughts. A faithless God. To a faithless king. They made a choice to exercise their faith in God. I want to get to these three things. I want to let you know. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they discovered that when God is with you, three things will happen to you in a fiery furnace. All right? Three things. There's probably a whole lot more. We narrowed it down to these three. You'll go through the fire, but instead of destroying you, it'll refine you and reposition you for greater blessings. <laughs> what we see as a 
a, a trap. What we see sometimes is fire and a trial and tribulation. God's trying to get you to walk through it and use your faith so you can come out on the other side better than you were before. But we don't like trouble. We don't like tribulation. Most people don't. When we take a stand of faith, don't think that nothing's going to happen to you. It's going to happen. Something's going to happen. I'm not saying be a gloom and doom. We're looking for bad things to happen. What I'm saying is the devil, like I said Sunday night, the devil hasn't stopped attacking me. I don't believe he's stopped attacking you. I don't think he's going to. The Hebrew boys did something that took more than just lip service. I have faith in God. I have faith in God. They can see the flames. Do <laughs> uh, you still have faith in God? Okay, we still have faith in God. No, they were sure in their God. They had faith. It was more than just lip service. It required them to put their money where their mouth is, so to speak. Another term I heard, it's where the rubber met the road. It was time to put up or shut up. I think we're all there already. It's time for us to take a stand for Jesus or stop saying you're a Christian. I think it's time that we start healing people instead of starting trying to skirt around and say, well, it wasn't God's will right now. Well, I'm just telling you how I feel. Guess what? There's no problems with God. There's no problems with his power. There's no, no problems there. So where's the problem lie? It's got to rely. It's got to be laid right in my lap. I'm just telling you that. When you and I commit to do what these boys did, we have to understand that we may have to go through the fire, go through the uncomfortable places where we feel tied up by our enemy. There's no trial or test that I went through in my life where I thought, this is of God. And then I read Job. He tests us. He tests us sometimes. Wow. But when we stand in faith, Jesus is going to be with us when the heat is hotter than it's ever been. The furnace was turned up seven times hotter for these Hebrew boys because they made the Nebuchadnezzar mad. He was upset. So he's going to, he's going to burn them. Down. He doesn't want any evidence of them being there anymore. That's what he's looking for. Jesus is going to be walking in our midst in the fire that we get thrown into if we'll exercise our faith. And instead of the fiery furnace burning us up, it'll refine us. It'll burn off the things that we don't need, just like the ropes that had them bound when they were thrown into the furnace. Hallelujah. We'll be freed from the things that bind us, that hinder us, and that tie us up. When we go through the fire, look at it this way. God's trying to refine me. He's trying to prepare me for my next. Hallelujah. Not only will the fire refine us, it will reposition us to do greater things than ever before. The deeper we go in God, the more that's going to be required of us. Hallelujah. The Hebrews boys, their faith enabled them to do something they had never done before. To my knowledge, it's not written in the word. They'd never been in a fiery furnace before. They were astonishing people by not being consumed by their circumstance. It wasn't because they were fire retardant. They didn't have special robes. They were able to walk through there. And No. It was because of their faith that God can and will deliver them out of every situation. Hmm. 
The Bible said that the king called them and he told them, he called out to them and he told them, said, come out of the furnace. And when they did, there wasn't a hair singed on them. Their clothes were not burned, nor did they smell like fire. Couldn't even tell they'd been into the king's trouble, the circumstances, because of the fourth man in the fire. Because the one that looked like the son of God was walking with them in the fire. Because of their faith that said, I'm not going to bow to you, king. Do with me what you want. I'm going to trust in my God. And God showed out, and he was the fourth man in the fire for them. Praise the Lord. Their faith promoted them to a higher position in the kingdom. When they come out, the, the king then began to declare, you know, hey, stop talking about their God. This is the God we're going to worship. And by the way, I'm promoting these guys here in Babylon. These guys are being promoted. Anybody can walk through that fire like that. I'm promoting them. God will promote you too. Lord, send the rain. Thank you for the rain. Number two. Situations that cause others to falter or give up will cause you to triumph. Hmm. Wow. Praise the Lord. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego discovered when God is with you, things happen in the fiery furnace. Situations that cause others to falter or give up will cause us to triumph. It's not what we don't see it's not that we don't see the situation, the chaos, the problems that we may have, the bad doctor's report, the financial issues, the, the failing relationship, the faltering child. We see that. We see what's going on and realize that these things can bring us to our knees. We know that. We're flesh. We understand that. What we stand, if faith well, I think I, I put this in here wrong. When we go through what God's had, had us go through, understand that our faith is what's going to deliver us. And when we trust in God, when we determine what others give up on, it's not going to stop us. That's when we'll see the third man, the fourth man in our midst, not the third man, the fourth man in our midst walking around in the fire with us. When we stand by faith, even though we know we're fixing to go through something, God, I know you're going through it with me. You're going through it with me. When we have absolute determination that nothing's going to cause our faith to waver, we're not giving up, we're not giving in to the enemy, God is faithful to give us victory in whatever we're going through. Praise the Lord. Listen to this, 2 Corinthians 2 and 14. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphant, in triumph in Christ. And through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. My eyes are not with me tonight. Praise the Lord. Listen to this, number three. When you come out of the fiery furnace, you come out of that trial, you come out of that situation, you'll have something to say that will convince both friends and enemies that you serve an almighty God. Now, you live by your own experiences and what you've went through. And each one of us have a story. And I know probably Peyton gets tired of that story. But people would ask us when Peyton had cancer. If you didn't know, Peyton had cancer at age 16. And uh, they said he was a night away from death. Then they asked us after, you know, kind of slowed down there. He's, they said, how did you walk through that? How did, how did you do that? I, I'm going to tell you how I did it. 
okay? I couldn't help him. I couldn't help my own son. I could pray. I could speak to that, uh, the cancer in his body. I could do all of them things, but nothing seemed to work. It didn't. I didn't see a miraculous miracle. Sometimes we have to walk through some things we don't want to walk through. That's why I pray, God, what you have me walk through, walk through with me. What I don't have to, I'm going to resist the devil and he's going to have to run from me. I'm going to submit myself to you, God, and the devil's going to have to run from me in this situation. They said, how did you go through that? I didn't have anything but God. And when Jesus is all you have, he's all you need. <laughs> he's all you need. I didn't have the money to send me to the best doctors in the world. I didn't. All I could do is sit up there and eat his, eat his meals with him. Laugh at him. Goof off. Love on him. Pray for him. What we were going through, we had to have God in. Our faith stood the test. Our faith is what was up front and out front. It wasn't something that I was just doing. It was something I kept reading in the word of God. He said, he'll not, never leave me nor forsake me. God, you said you'd never leave us or forsake us. God, you know my son is sick. You said you'd never leave me nor forsake me. Mm. God showed up. When you come out of the fiery furnace, you'll have something to say that will convince you, both your friends and foes alike, that you serve an almighty God. And I love Isaiah 54, 17, just the first part. I'm going to read it tonight. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. The weapons that Satan is putting together against you is not going to prosper. He's made a way of an escape for you. We know that the enemy is not going to stop attacking. We know that we're going to go through trials and tests. We know that the devil is going to keep forming weapons against us. But we know they're not going to prosper. They're not going to work against us. Why? He's our fourth man in the fire. We know there's going to be fiery furnaces that we'll be placed, we'll be placed in. We'll, we'll have fiery furnaces that we'll be placed in if we refuse to worship their God. I'm telling you about the way the government's going right now. It's not that far away. Where Christians can be in trouble for not worshiping their God. For not doing what they say to do. Not going to where they say to go. I'm just telling you. We have to refuse to bow down to Satan and his will for our lives and our church's life. Maybe you're facing a fiery trial tonight. Maybe, maybe you see one coming. Maybe you're in the midst of it right now. I want you to know the same faith it took for the Hebrew boys to come through with their hair unsinged and their clothes unburned, them unburned, and not even smelling the smoke. It's the same faith it takes today. It's the same faith today. You'll go through the fire but instead of it destroying you, it'll refine you and reposition you for greater blessings. Situations that cause others to falter or give up will cause you to triumph. And when you come out, you'll have something to say that will convince both your friends and foes alike that you serve an almighty God. Would you stand with me? Faith in the fire. Faith through the fire. I had a friend one time tell me, he said, if you're going through something, said, be excited about that. He said, going through has the, uh, uh, it's what it's saying is you're already in it and you're coming out of it. You're going through it.
So tonight, what I want you to do, seal this word of God into your heart as you gather around the altars. Father, I ask you, Lord, right now, let your anointing, uh, let, let, let your anointing come down. Father, convict us. Lord, I know one, no one wants to hear that, but would you convict me? Would you convict our church, Lord, of ways that we're not stretching our faith in, 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 in the way you want us to? I'm asking you, Lord, right now to touch each and every one of us as the word of God has gone forth that we'll apply it to our heart. In Jesus' name, amen.